0: Peace. Life is a movie. I work on the streets. Latino baby, I tan on the beach. Son of God, son of God. My life is so sunny, I'm not even bluffing. I'm learning to surf on the bay. Don't be mistaken, I never be flaking. Call Tony the Tiger, I'm feasting the bacon. I block out the hate and I fly like a raven. Red lyrics go hard on the tape. Son of a legend, like icon. Ooh, gripping the mic like a python. Ooh, beating the night with the light on. God is the one to rely on. Climbing my way to Mount Zion. Father the lamb and the lion. Walk on my fate, to no walk on the water, up broken the cycle like Simon Trinity, three strikes like Adidas I was born, got sons, it's a fetus Bird box level can't see us Wait, On the top level can't see us hey, Son of God, no need for the hype though Making big moves on the wave, got a cyclone Everybody telling me to quit it on the mic though Make no mistakes, with God, no typos I do not have any fear in my heart. Been living with Jesus, I'm free from the start. He gave me joy and a life with no price when He took all my sins. When He bled on the cross, rose from the grave. Took Him three days to make me a child, I'm thankful to say. And I wake up with blessings on blessings on blessings. He loves all His children, the feeling so great. Son of God, put my hand on the Bible. On my Bible, yeah. Be the eyes, humble man, on my title. Oh my God, I'm a saint. No discussion of an idol. Throw a peace on to. Job for the young beast. Life is a movie. I work on the streets. Latino baby I ten on the beach. Son of God, son of God, I'm a son of son God. of God, son of God, son of God, I'm a son of, son of- God. and out 269 going out for the night got the dripping, slip and slide I get right for the fight then I pass it to my guys out of sight on a flight tunnel vision in my eyes triple crack got the power of the spirit till I die blood bark, cut the lamb, pray to God and notify I'm a saint Jesus Christ in the name I hope to die coming back like 45 Michael Jordan on the drive I go gorilla on dudes Randy Savage be like it's Wheezy and twos like it's Travis grind for the kingdom it's no living lavish I took my gift made it better than average it's perfect timing no happy belated the glory, I never could take it My life is a blessing, I never would trade it This game ain't a flex, don't you ever mistake it Man, I'm out, out like a light Out like I'm drizzy Always on my drive, going off in every city Swerving on the block, I'm seeing circles getting dizzy I'm about to pop it like a lolly Got the 50, I'm a role model No need to pass a bottle I walk my talk and I live it, I'm on my gold throttle. Romans 8, 28, that's a cheat code Going nape but the gate, I'm a beast mode Gold chain on the gram, no pain for the fam That's a lot of talk To my place, flexing hard out of state. I can't see it in your face. No respect for a trait. You just waiting for a taste. You don't care about these women. You just looking at their waist. You ain't loyal for a day, acting like it's pick and choose. We ain't working for the pay. You just working for the booze. Rapping hard for the crew, but the whole crew nothing. Trying to tap out and bust it with the dudes, but the realest men living are ones with a family, wife and the kids with a job in the Camry, working and saving their money with dignity. No sign of pride as they walk in humility your brother no more of the hating loving to wait and start having some patience life ain't a game got no time for play And be blessing this nation. Please stop looking at these women like an object. Hot boy thugging, now he's turning to a hot mess. Start loving God, go to church, get a job. Hug your mom, it's a part of your manning up process. Please stop looking at these women like an object. Hot boy thugging, now he's turning to a hot mess. Start loving God, go to church, get a job. Hug your mom, it's a part of your manning up process. Go chain on the gram, no pain for the fam. That's a lot of talk, lot of talk, lot of talk. Go flex with the brand, sit back in the stands. get it right now i got eyes with me hey, look. hold on wait a minute homie let me get my flow now i got eyes with me yeah we on a roll now pull up to my city yeah i'm with my bros now got my baby with me that's the future go now hey. And see all black, no chain, like I'm in my beat. On track, new cat, like I'm Prince Ali. Two stacks, no lack, I'm an N.I.V. Two stepping, like I'm landing, never stealing my shot. I got no wishes with a G if you going not chirp from the block. I got a brother from New York, he told me, give all I got. No time for dropping drama in my circle, we stay focused on God. Yeah, The flow is spiritual. like what a miracle. Living out a testimony, read it in the lyrics. I ain't got no time for all the petty talk, it's not me. I pray to God for all my blessings, cause he got me. I got no problems
1: on my mind Every day yeah, I'm, living my my best best every yeah, I'm living my best life Every way I'm living my best life You love me you lift me so high
0: I know he got him, ain't no need to hurt about it, no more need for suicide, we gotta be unified, working as one body and it gotta start with you and I, go and love your brother as you love yourself, you were made with perfect hands, please don't cut yourself, it don't matter if we different, we still broken people, gotta stick together as we wipe out the evil, no more depression in Jesus name, yeah I'm free by the blood, I ain't got no chains, he's the son, only one that can heal your pain, Yeah, he got a plan though. Fighting for my life, I gotta get it like a Rambo. I got some issues, but it's all okay. I pray to God to help me out. Now we all okay. Yes. You know, I
1: got no problems on my mind. Every day, I'm living my best, way best way life. Every way, I'm living my best life. way you love me, you lift me so high. Every day, yeah, I'm living my best life. Every
0: got problems. The good news is we have the freedom to give our problems to God. And once we start giving our problems and issues to God, we're going to start seeing less depression and less anxiety in our lives. This song is the anthem of what God gives us through Jesus Christ. We can be free. We can be free because of God. Hallelujah. Peace out. Gotta tell them, gotta tell them, gotta tell them. Gotta tell them, gotta tell them, gotta tell them. Gotta promise of tomorrow and don't tell it. I'm just praying to the day I get to heaven. I look back at my mistakes, I learn my my lesson. Gotta tell them
1: I don't know what happened I don't wanna slip up and miss out on my blessing. Fuckin' anybody like I'm checking on a gas list Sleep up in the whip and watch us haters watchin' breathless. Yeah. Who wouldn't wanna let them talk, yeah I only care for enough So please don't interrupt Right now I'm praying
0: Gotta tell him, gotta tell him calls. coast. got tell em, gotta tell him, gotta tell him, gotta tell them.
2: minute
1: I'll
2: come after I'll come to you after the case. Hey man. Hey, we want to welcome you to FFM live stream this morning. Amen. We're believing that there's so many people that are gathering with us online. We've got a uh, power-packed crew here. and, And we're going to experience God in an unusual way today. Amen. And that's not a bad thing. Now, for those of you that are online right now, I want you to take your phone... And take a selfie with you and your family on yeah. watching live stream. Yeah. I want you to post the selfie and put a hashtag FFM 2020. Yeah. Okay? We're going to make a different kind of thing go viral this morning. Yeah. Amen? So take your selfie with the live stream hashtag FFM 2020. Amen. We're going to have some freedom here this morning. Amen. Hallelujah. We lift you up this morning. We praise your holy name. We give you all the glory and honor. Thank you, Lord, for being with us no matter where we're at this morning. Where two or three are gathered in his name. You are in the midst. Amen. Step out of the
3: shadows. Step out of the grave. Break into the wild. And don't be afraid. Run into wide open spaces. Braces waiting for you like the weight has been lifted, grace is waiting. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, there is freedom. Where the Spirit
4: ten of you. (laughs) No, it is good to see you here this morning and a special welcome to everybody watching live stream. Um, I just checked the phone before I come up here and there's a bunch of all y'all. so That's exciting. Just a few things here and we'll get right back into worship. March the 28th, 9 a.m. Men's Breakfast right next door at the Royal Cafe. Uh, All activities at the church are canceled until further notice. So please pay attention to Facebook, your emails, but till further notice, all the activities that happen here at the church are canceled. Church office will remain open from nine to two Monday through Thursday. We have Bible memory Munsons.
5: All right, we do have Bible memory awards. Before they happen to cancel church, um, some Hunter and Maya Munson earned um, awards last week. So Hunter did 529 verses and Maya 707 verses. So we decided we still wanted to acknowledge their accomplishment.
6: Rod. People can see me from down here probably. The Angie uh, Reed uh, West has been making an announcement about rehousing ministry and, and the elders' wives had a discussion this week when they met and they said, We don't understand how all the dots are connected, so let me try and connect the dots for you if we can. Um, The rehousing ministry started because we have a number of people that come to church here from the shelter, and so oftentimes people that are in the shelter have lost everything, literally everything, when they lost their housing and end up in the shelter. So we felt a need from our heart to them to help with furniture, bedding, just dishes, pots and pans, linens, towels, all those things that we take for granted every day to keep our life running smoothly, to start a ministry that would somehow meet a need. So the way that started was we had the initial visions, the pioneering vision, like we do so often at Firm Foundation, and then we came together with Hope United. So many of you know Hope United, the work that you did for them on their Amanda's house, house where they're starting the recovery house for ladies in Three Rivers. But Amanda's house is just one of their gap ministries, they call them. We have sub-ministries, they have gap ministries. So our rehousing ministry is technically a gap ministry under Hope United's umbrella of ministries. So that's the way it's technically set up. But since it was initially our vision, Until we have a chance to get Jill Gunn here, who's their executive director, and kind of explain the way it fits into their ministry, we're trying to keep the ball rolling with people from our congregation doing what needs to be done in the interim. So number one, we have a warehouse in Sturgis rented. Number two, we need some people to get that up and running. So we've had uh, plywood donated, we can get supplies to uh, hopefully this coming Saturday have a bunch of people there that can help us build shells to store all these things that we anticipate having so how can you help well every now and then I know at my house I think every two weeks my wife would like to have a new bed because the one that she has today isn't any good tomorrow so you know if you have a bed that you're replacing that's something that the rehousing ministry could use So the way we're setting it up is that, hopefully, we've had a trailer donated, a big enclosed trailer that we can go around and collect supplies, or you can make arrangements with Angie to drop things off at the warehouse in Sturgis. And then, hopefully, as people get placed in the new housing, most of that happens in Sturgis. That's why we picked Sturgis for the location for the warehouse. Then, hopefully, we can have, we're going to try and set up a website where social service workers that are working to get these people rehoused can go and actually select from things that we have in the warehouse. And then we will transport those out to their house, hopefully on a Saturday. So that's kind of the nuts and bolts of how we anticipate it's going to work. And uh, if anybody has questions, I'll be glad to try and address them. But that's kind of the vision we have at this point. I'm sure it will continue to evolve and change as we go along, but that's basically the way that we see it working. Does that make any sense? Does that connect the dots for any of you? Okay, any questions that come to mind? Okay, so if you can help, obviously it's gonna be hard to sign up today for the 10 people that are here, but if you can help, you can call the office, you can contact Angie Reed West on Messenger and let her know that you'd be available this Saturday and we'll put some information out there about where and when. But uh, yeah, we need some people that can run a saw and a screw gun for Saturday. And uh, we're gonna hopefully get this up and running in the next week or two so that we can start collecting stuff and get this off the ground. So if that makes sense, we'll we'll just keep you informed. But uh, just pray about it. We need people to continue to make donations for supplies that we need to get this up and running. We obviously need people that can build shelves and uh, run a vacuum around. We got a great big space. It's all carpeted so we can keep it kind of clean and hopefully it'll, it'll stay clean. And uh, so that's the kind of where we're at right now report for today, all right? Thank you. Doug.
7: Well, I just want to report that we had a great time at the men's retreat. It was just a super, super time, and so we uh, uh, the, the spirit of God got poured out upon us. We had some great, great preachers, teachers, and uh, testimonies were incredible. And so, thank you for praying for that. I'm sure you'll hear more about that later. Uh, as we were in the men's retreat, we were getting all these uh, news, this news about uh, uh, what was going on with the coronavirus, and so we just uh, we. <laughs> Corona. I just keep saying Corona. It's the wrong way. Uh, and that's because I'm not afraid of it. Uh, and as as Christians, we need to be uh, not walking in fear, but we need to be walking in, in peace. And so this is an opportunity for you to minister to those people around you, uh, to minister to your neighbors and all those type of things. This shows, uh, uh, you know, it's a, it's a serious thing, but we need not be afraid. Uh, God's got his hand upon us. And so... Uh, we are taking the precautions because the governor of the, of the state of Michigan said you uh, can't have uh, more than 250 people in one, one gathering. And so we're trying to work on that. As we were at the men's retreat, this was uh, the best scenario that we came up with for this service. Uh, we're going to be meeting again uh, tomorrow in the elders. So you can be praying for us as we try to make decisions for uh, Firm Foundation. And Kalamazoo is meeting today. Uh, so we can thank, uh, thank God that uh, They're uh, still going strong and being a light out there. Uh, Also, I want to let you know about uh, Lenny Benanemi. She passed away. She was a former FFMer. I can remember Dustin Jasper and I sitting in his little barn in the middle of the winter with a little, little lamp, a little heater, and a phone and a phone book. And we were going through the phone books, going through the A's and the B's. I got to the B's. We were taking turns calling people and inviting them to church. And uh, I I called the Benonimis and talked with Lenny for the first time and and prayed for her and invited her to church. And as a result of that personal invitation, she came. And she was a part of our firm foundation ministries for a a family for a long time. And her and Bob and her daughter, uh, we can be praying for them as she passed away. They're going to be looking at services uh, this week here at the church. And so uh, pray for the family, if you would. But this is an opportunity for you to do the same thing. You know, get on the phone, uh, share the live stream with, with a family member or friends. This is a way that the Holy Spirit can move, and he can move through uh, the airwaves. There's, there's nothing that the Spirit of God can't do. So we're excited that you're with us today, and uh, we hope that you feel the presence of God.
4: Okay, I'm going to go off script again. This coronavirus... In my pocket, I have the cure, guaranteed. Not just for our church, not just for Centerville, for the entire world. But I'm going to take it home, and I'm going to put it in my fireproof safe and lock it. Y'all looking at me like, Merle, you're you're stupid. You're a fool. You've got what it takes to cure this, and you're not going to share it? Just think about that for a second. You guys got the same cure. His name is Jesus. Do you share the love of Christ with people? Dude, I kind of chicken out, freak out, and don't do it like I should. But I got the cure. He's in my heart. Not for just this virus, but for the fear. Y'all been to the store lately and see the fear in people? I stood in Myers and Three Rivers at the back row where the toilet paper was supposed to have been. And I would watch people turn the corner. Not some, every person that turned that corner began to swear when they seen the shelves were empty. That's fear. We've got the cure. Can I just challenge you this week? Open the safe, take Jesus out, and share it with people. It's that simple. All right, let's stand. We'll pray for the offering. Those that are here can give. Those of you at home can push pay give. All right, let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you for today that we can gather and worship you. Lord, I thank you for each person that is here today. I pray a blessing into their lives. And Lord, there's many people watching live stream. I pray a blessing in their lives as well. Lord, I pray for good health for each person as well. Lord, I pray this week that we can be a salt to those to this earth and we can share the love of Christ to this fearful nation. I pray all these things in Christ's name. Amen.
8: I'm excited. I Listen, I was talking with Tim before we started, and I, you know, this morning, earlier this morning, the devil might have thought he was going to have a victory today. And I want you to hear me good on this. We're going to continue to show that no matter what may come against us, when we honor and respect those in authority over us, whatever comes against us, we're going to continue to be able to reach out, and we're going to continue to have victory. We're going to continue to be able to touch those around us. It doesn't matter if we have one person in this building this morning or if we have a 1,000. We're going to continue to do what God has called us to do, and that's to reach out and to reach the lost. So you, you know what? We're claiming victory this morning. We're claiming victory in the name of Jesus, and we're coming excited uh, for what's going to take place. And I just want to encourage you, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about opportunity, and I'm going to keep this quick because I'm ready to get some worship going on. Uh, but listen, when you come here this morning, this isn't the only place that the Holy Spirit can join you. So while you're at home, when you're at home with your family, and we do, we want you to take a, a picture of, of what you're doing at home this morning, watching with your family, share that um, in the comment section, share it to the Facebook page, hashtag it with uh, hashtag FFM. 2020. We want to continue to connect with you in that way. And with giving, we just did the offering. Uh, You can go ahead and throw the slide up there. Um, If you want to continue to give, guess what? It takes, even when everything shuts down, it still takes finances. And it's going to take more because we have a community. We have a community. We have a community out there who needs our help, who's going to need assistance, who's going to need things that we have to pay for. And you know what the Christian church does Every time we have something like this, that is we rise up, we stand up, and we, we show off a little bit of what God wants to do in our life. So one other thing we want to have you do, um, we, we've had that up there with the push pay. Please uh, make sure you get on and do that. Um, you know what? As you're at home, this is probably the first time in a long time you sat at home and you're having church with just you and your family. You know what? Reach over, give your kids a hug. Look at your wife. Tell her you love her. Tell her you're excited about the fact that you get to have an intimate time of worship and preaching this morning with your family. And men, we just got done with the men's conference. Men, I'm looking right at you. This is an opportunity for you to lead your family this morning. Show them what it means to worship the Lord, even when you're at home all by yourself and just as a family. Use it as a new opportunity, and in that way, we're going to continue to have victory. And we look forward. We look forward. I believe, fully believe, when we begin to get back together, we're going to hear stories of what God did during this time, and I'm excited about that. Also, during this time, I'm going to ask you guys to pray for your leadership team. These are not easy decisions that that are being made. They're not fun decisions to make, and there's going to be a lot of people frustrated, upset, and there's going to also be a lot of support. So I'm I'm telling you, I'm begging you and pleading with you, take time to pray for your leadership team. Ways to join, uh, we got that. Ways to give, and guess what? We have a way to pray for you this morning, so if you can't be here, or obviously you can't be here, but um, if, if you're sick, if you 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 wouldn't be feeling good, um, if, if you have concerns, if, if you're worried, um, get on the Facebook page, and, and in the comments, you can comment your prayer requests, or we have phone lines set up, and we have people here who came this morning for nothing else than to meet with you um, on the phone line and pray for you, so we're going to throw the phone number up there, so you guys can see that phone number, it's just the church phone number here. Um Call in anytime and we're going to have people who want to pray with you and they're excited to pray. And the last thing you can do is share, share, share. You're online right now watching the Facebook. There's a world out there, a lot of people who don't have a church service because their church isn't able to live stream and we're blessed in that we can. So share it out there. Let them know what we're doing this morning. The world knows that, that we're going to continue uh, to, to meet and get the gospel out there. So it's an opportunity. I keep saying it's opportunity, and this morning is an opportunity to just cover Facebook, cover social media in the word of God, in the music of God, and what God is doing. So I'm asking, I'd love to see us have 150 shares on this video and get it out there to the thousands of thousands of people. And so having said all that, I think I've got everything covered. I think we're excited and we're ready. Tim, is, Tim has been geeked up ever since we started talking about um, what we're going to be doing. And so I'm going to ask you, you know what, my, my kids watch Disney shows and they interact with the Disney show. So I'm going to ask you this morning as adults that uh, we can do the same thing with your kids. I'm going to ask you to stand up right where you're at, right at home. Don't, don't, don't be self-conscious about it. Don't feel down about it. Men, lead and stand right now. Parents, lead. Kids, get up and lead and follow along with us. I'm going to ask us all to stand and we're going to pray and we're going to enter into the presence of the Holy Spirit. He's not just trapped here in one place. He's not in a box just in one church. God, in every household this morning, in every vehicle this morning, in every location this morning, God, let your spirit flow in that place. Lord, make your presence known in a way that, that they've never experienced. And Lord, we're excited to see that through everything that comes against, your name will stand. And Lord, if we didn't have trials, if we didn't have tribulations, if we didn't have problems, and we didn't have troubles, we wouldn't need a great God. So God, we're excited that as this comes against us, Lord, as, as as the concerns and the fears grow, God, we're excited because now we know that you have an even greater thing planned and you're going to show up and you're going to show off. And your name is going to be declared. So, Lord, we love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name.
2: Amen. Hallelujah. And again, I want to see those selfies when I get home from church today. Hashtag FFM2020. Now's not the time to stop, right? I believe the Lord is pushing forward. And whatever this is meant for evil in this earth, God is going to turn this around and work it for our good. His kingdom is advancing. And it's because you're tuning in. And you're tuning in to Him. It's not time to slow down and give in. It's time to push forward. Amen. We're not going to stop because there's a breakthrough coming for you. Amen. Yep. Hallelujah. Grab a hold of your kids. Bring them together. Pray for them. Pray over them. Hallelujah. This is how we're going to multiply the kingdom of God this morning. All over Michigan, all over Indiana, all over the world this morning. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Release your spirit. machine. Thank you. Thank you. Jesus. Oh, oh. Gonna sing a new song to him. Whatever the Lord's giving you, sing it out right now in the spirit. Yes, Lord. Oh, oh, oh. I know the breakthrough is coming in my life breakthrough is coming in my life. Thank you, Lord. You're bringing us forward. You're pressing us forward, Lord. I know a breakthrough is coming. By faith, I see a miracle.
5: Morning. I was thinking about the verse in Proverbs three, verse five, that says, "Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding." And a couple of years back, you know, I've known that verse since I was a child. And a couple of years ago, God really convicted me about the second part of that verse because the first part feels nice. I like it. It's easy to say, "Trust in the Lord with all your heart," but what trips me up is, "Lean not on your own understanding." And, with all that we have going on in the world today, there's so, it's so easy to lean on our own understanding. And the Bible also says that some trust in horses and some trust in chariots, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. And I want to challenge all of us today about the word trust. Trust, like love, is not a feeling. It is an action verb, and it is a choice. And it's up to us as parents, as individuals. I know for myself as a mom a couple years back, dealing with a lot of fear about things I was seeing in the news. And one day standing at my kitchen sink, I was washing dishes, and I said, Lord, I'm sick of this battle. I'm tired of fighting. I'm tired of feeling this fear. And God just convicted me. He said, Lynette, I told you to trust me. And if you're not going to do it, you're walking in disobedience. And that convicted me to the core. And I realized then, as his daughter, as his child, I have access to all that he has for me. And when he says to me, Lynette, I want you to trust, as a mother, when I say to my kids, I want you to do something, if I say it, I mean it. And if he's saying that to you today, I want you to trust me, he means it. And it's not an option. It's not a feeling. It is a decision that we are making to stand on his word and say, I trust you, Lord. And we will resist the devil and he will flee from us. We have access to that power. And as I'm thinking about all of these different things, you know, another thing we're seeing in the news is the whole story about Harry and Meghan and how they're exiting out of the royal family. And there's a lesson for us in that because we walk as children of the king, so therefore we walk in royalty. Look at all that they have access to when they continue to carry that title. And look what they put aside when they step out from under that. What does that say to us as children of the King? When we walk in our royal identity, we have access to all that our Father has. We have access to the greatest physician. We have access to every good thing that He wants to give us. And so I I just want to challenge all of us, let's fast from what we're seeing on the news and let's get our eyes fixed on truth. Let's get our eyes fixed on truth. He is worthy of our trust. You know, and I'm also convicted of how many times I can drive through an intersection and not worry because I trust the people to stay at the stop sign because the stop sign says to stop. I can trust in other people more than I trust in the Lord. I trust in the news more than I trust in the Lord. It's what we tend to do. It's fight or flight. It's trusting in me. And if you have fear today, are you trusting in what you can do and on yourself? Or are you trusting in the name of the Lord our God? He is worthy of it.
2: Amen. Hallelujah. We receive that word.
3: Amen. I love you, Lord.
7: Just wants to touch you right now, and so I just pray, God. I just pray for that back right now in Jesus' name. Just let your healing power flow and begin to bring an alignment to it. And, and I just see, I just see it begin to twist and, and bend. And I just feel the Lord is bringing healing to that. And and it's the Lord is giving you a word. I believe the Lord is giving you a word, and it, and it's like, uh, like the scripture says, it's like fire welled up in your bones. You have to share it. You're weary from holding an end. And I just want you to declare it. Just speak it out because those people need to hear it. And if your family's with you right now, just lay your hands on his back, on her back, uh, whoever's back. God, just bring, bring healing and re- restoration and alignment and allow that word to come forth because God knows you need to speak it. Be obedient, Jesus.
2: the red- men's conference, we heard some incredible testimonies. God is doing wonderful things for his children. Marriage is being restored. Healing from 30 years ago. Wounds of the past. Lives being made whole. Hearts changing. People stepping out and confessing and using that against the devil, we have to speak. We have to be vocal to overcome the enemy. Because we have the blood of Jesus, amen? And the second part of that equation is the word of our testimony, amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And he's enough, right? Jesus is enough. Amen. Lord, you are. Enough.
9: grow you are the true vine and we are the bread
6: exceptional gift that Elaine has the gift of prophetic song so What I gathered from that is she felt the Lord saying that there's nothing that can stand against us if we Continue to put our trust in God so that would be a word we accept from the Lord And we thank you Elaine for sharing that with us It's hard to believe that this is the last Sunday you guys are going to be here, but we're going to enjoy today to its fullest so thank you for sharing that we accept that as a great word of encouragement for all of us
2: watching live stream did you know there's more than a hundred other users right now family units you can't see them but they're worshiping with you and that's the same thing as the angels you may not be able to see them every time or at all but they're with you all the time you may not be able to see the Father but you know he's with us know He's with you right there. Amen. But Just be confident in your worship. Be confident in the Lord. He is with you always. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He is a good Father. He loves His children. the breath you breathe your life Mountains you won't climb up, coming after me. No wall you won't. I've heard a thousand stories of what they think you're like, but I've heard a tender whisper of love. Hang on a second. Think about this line just for a second. I've heard a thousand stories. You know, there's so many people out in the world that have a version of God, who they think that Jesus was. But do you know that you know that you know the real God, the real Savior, the real Jesus who comes to you in a tender whisper? Let's sing that again. Oh, and I heard thousand stories of what they think you're like, but I've heard a tender whisper of love in the dead of night as you tell me that you're pleased and that I'm never alone, you're a good good goodbye. who you are it's who you are it's who you are and I'm loved by you it's who I am it's who I am it's who I am yes Lord who are I see many searching for answers Bye.
8: this morning God is calling you at home um, in personal time with your family God is calling you to draw deeper in with him to draw closer in with him during during this time we just we're gonna reach in we're gonna dive in we're gonna we're gonna draw closer to God we're gonna draw closer to him as we wait to see that victory as we wait to see the lives change victories take place do you believe that this morning do you believe do you believe that God is your good good father do you believe that it's truly who he is closer to Him. I just encourage you right now to, while you're at home, you know, this may be the first time you've ever done this. I encourage you right now, lay your hands on your family and pray over them the love of the Father right now, don't be, it's a great time, it's a great icebreaker right now, gather your family around, pray over them, the love of God. the opportunity this morning for families to draw closer. I love the opportunity that there are fathers who get to be good fathers to their, to their children. I love this morning that you as a, as a family unit have the opportunity to draw close to God. So God, right now we thank you and we praise you for this time of worship where we can, we can sing out our adoration for you. We can sing out our praise to you. We can enter before uh, the throne of God with voices in, uh, just singing loudly. But God, we wanna take time right now to thank you, God. We're gonna thank you right now that you have given us a moment in time where we are have the opportunity to, to, to just spend time alone with our families and spend time together and maybe break some of those chains that, that have kept us apart, some of that uncomfortableness that has kept us apart. And as families are gathering around, God, I pray that you would, you would open doors and you would, you would, um, you would release inside of, inside of those households, God, your power and your glory and your might. And as a family, they would be changed into a stronger, unit unified family. They would become as one in your presence. Lord, we thank you for that. God, we thank you right now for the word uh, that David Campbell is getting ready to bring. God, we know it is a word for such a time as this. It is a powerful word. It is a word that will cut right through to the heart of the issue, to the heart of the matter. It will push back anything that has come against us from the devil, and it will progress, and it will take ground for the kingdom. God, we love you, and we praise you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, let's give the worship team a round of applause. They did great. Even at home, you can applaud along with them. They did amazing. It is a, it is a little bit more difficult to do it in the environment that they're in this morning. But, but they knew in their hearts they came prepared to, uh, to, to, to lead you into worship this morning. So we're excited. We have Sir David Campbell with us one last time this morning. Sir Lord, Sir Lord David Campbell. And um, I owe him an apology. We had a few things get switched around, and he had very minimal time to prepare. And he uh, lost a lot of sleep over it. And it was my fault. But I believe, I truly believe that what God has given to him is going to be powerful and mighty and sharper than any two-edged sword. And it's going to lift people up. It's going to um, bring refresh and renewal into the lives of many. So so I'm going to ask those in here and those uh, watching online, stretch your hands out this morning and let's pray for this man of God. Father, we thank you and we praise you and we are honored to have this man of God with us. And Lord, we know that there are several steps out ahead of him that are uncertain right now because of uh, everything that is going on. But God, we also know that you have them planned and you have laid everything out and you are prepared when we don't feel prepared or when we feel like everything's a little bit... Uh, a little bit out of control, God, you have it all right where you want it to be. So Lord, I thank you that you've shaken everything up so you can show your mighty power this morning. We thank you and we love you. Amen.
10: While we figure out the te- technical details. And I need this stand adjusted so you'll excuse me for a moment. Super. Okay, uh, this is a great time to be around faith filled people. Amen. And uh, we are faithful people, and it's an exciting day. Unless I got the day wrong, this is a national day of prayer that the president has called for, and uh, that got me thinking back to the Second World War. Well, I wasn't alive then, but both, some of you might think I was, but I wasn't. Uh, King George the Sixth, who's the father of our present queen, uh, who is a very faithful believer, as many of you will know. <laughs> Okay. Uh, King George VI, who was a Christian, uh, at several points in the Second World War called for national days of prayer. And uh, the interesting thing is that every time there was a national day of prayer, there was a significant military victory occurred, which turned the tide. And it's documented in books you can read. I haven't got time to go into that. Uh, And uh, I know that Uh, There were soldiers out there fighting. There were generals making wise decisions. But prayer is the invisible ingredient. And uh, if you consider the church in China, where this current virus started, is a persecuted but very praying church. And uh, that, uh, I'm going to talk about that more in a moment, but that virus hit a wall of intercession, a fervent prayer. And then it made the mistake of moving over to Korea, which has, the most, has had one of the most praying churches in the world for decades. And it started in a cult group, interestingly. But then uh, the government, of course, took great actions and all of that, but there was a praying church behind it. And so what is going on in the invisible realm is uh, coordinating with what is going on in the visible realm. And so I'm encouraging you, you know, God hears your prayers. We live in a fallen world. Uh, We need to call upon the mercy of Almighty God because we don't deserve His grace. But there are lots of people out there. This is a... uh, uh, they're, They're scared. They're afraid. They don't know where to turn. This is a good time for them to meet Christ and a good time for us to call upon God to have mercy on those people as well as upon us. And I want to borrow a line from Dr. A.W. Tozer uh, to put as a title on this message, and uh, Dr. Tozer said this, a frightened world needs a fearless church. A frightened world needs a fearless church. Uh, Thinking about King David uh, in the face of massive fear when he confronted that giant Goliath, uh, when he was just a, a young lad before he became king, uh, that the fear had immobilized the king and the armies of Israel, but David made a decision. he ran toward the source of fear. and of all the people on the face of the earth, we as Christians should be those who know no fear. And uh, that actually is the testimony of the church of church history. So before I get into something I want to say from Scripture, consider a couple of brief examples. And the first uh, I am borrowing uh, from an article uh, written by my friend Matt Hosier in England, who's uh, going back into history, and between 250 and 270 A.D., a terrible plague, believed to be either smallpox or measles, devastated the Roman Empire at the height of what came to be known uh, as the plague of Cyprian, because it was the Bishop Cyprian who chronicled what was happening, in Rome, in the city of Rome alone, 5,000 people were dying every day. And uh, that plague coincided with a uh, persecution of Christians under the current emperor. And the emperor blamed Christians for the plague, but uh, that claim was undermined by two inconvenient facts, which was Christians were dying, just like everyone else. But the other fact was this, that Christians were caring for the victims of the plague, including their pagan neighbors. And that wasn't a new phenomenon, because if you go back to about 150 AD, which is not long after the time of Jesus, there was another plague called the Antonine Plague. And Uh, It's chronicled in a book called The Rise of Christianity by a man called Rodney Stark, that Christians stayed in the afflicted cities when the pagan leaders and the physicians all fled. They stayed to care. They stayed because they weren't afraid. And uh, uh, Dr. Moss, a professor of early Christianity at Notre Dame University, which is not far from here, wrote that an epidemic that seemed like the end of the world actually promoted the spread of Christianity. Why? Because by their actions in the face of possible death, Christians showed their neighbors that Christianity is worth dying for. And Christians have always people uh, who have not feared but have risen uh, to the challenge in times like this. Charles Spurgeon in London in the 1850s was... Stricken by a great cholera epidemic, people didn't understand it was the water they were drinking that was killing them. And Spurgeon, who was pastor of the largest church in London—I don't know whether it was the largest at that time, but it came to uh, be—wrote, he said, "All day and sometimes all night long, I went from house to house uh, and saw men and women dying." And bear in mind that Spurgeon you know, didn't know the source of it. I mean, he was taking his life in his hands. And he says, How glad they were to see my face when many were afraid to enter their houses lest they should catch the deadly disease. We who had no fear about such things found ourselves most gladly listened to when we spoke of Christ and of things divine. And many were led to Christ. And then an article... uh, which I believe comes from uh, Eric Metaxas is recording uh, events of a few weeks ago in the contrast with the chaos, the city of Wuhan, China, which we all know was a source of where this virus started. In the early days of the outbreak, there was chaos. Uh, The government was paralyzed. The local authorities were completely incompetent. In those days, it was churches who went around delivering masks and protective gear accurately and efficiently. The rest of China recoiled in horror as the government-sponsored agencies failed to distribute the resources, uh, leaving medical staff exposed and frustrated, and uh, as those masks lay idle in the Red Cross warehouse, which was the government agency, or they got siphoned off by corrupt politicians, uh, Pastor Luo, one of the best-known pastors, and his team delivered 400 masks, 1,000 gloves, and 1,000 goggles to the central hospital where Dr. Lee, who was the whistleblower on the whole thing, who was a Christian and who'd lost his life, where he worked. And Many of those donations were sent from overseas believers in other nations, including this one, and in addition, they handed out 30,000 face masks on the street to people who were terrified. They were in exposing themselves, going into the hospitals, going to people all the time and handing out tracts with messages of the gospel along with hand sanitizers and uh, lots of cases of Christians in that city who assisted the sick. And even as people were being turned away from hospitals, Christians were going around caring for people. And there are just uh, a bunch of other uh, details to that, which I'm not going to go over. But I just to make the point that these are our brothers and sisters in Christ. They're not superheroes. They're people just like us. But they weren't afraid to run toward the fear, just like King David, Christians, all through the history of the church for 2,000 years, have been doing this. It's why every hospital was started by Christians. And so uh, it doesn't mean that we're completely devoid of fear with people like anyone else, but it means that we have a greater deposit, which is faith. We act uh, uh, prudently, which is why we obey the order of the governor to uh, limit public gatherings. But at the same time, we want to be taking this opportunity to be full of faith and encouraging people around us, whether they're Christians or not, to look to Almighty God and on this national day of prayer to call for His mercy upon a sinful nation and a sinful world. Now, let me read uh, Hebrews chapter 2. And again, my theme is a a frightened world needs a fearless church. Since therefore, Hebrews chapter 2, the children share in flesh and blood, he himself, that's Jesus, likewise partook of the same things that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. Now, the Old Testament presents God, among other things, as a great hero a great champion who marches out against his enemies to destroy them. So, uh, sorry, Isaiah chapter 42 says, The Lord goes out like a mighty man. Like a man of war, he stirs up his zeal. He cries out. He shouts aloud. He shows himself mighty against his foes. And Hebrews tells us that Jesus is God. And these verses I've just read, a couple of verses in Hebrews chapter 2, reveal... Jesus, just like God, marching forth to destroy his greatest enemy. God is our great hero who marches forth in battle on our behalf to destroy every enemy, the greatest of which is death. And the most powerful weapon that the author of death, who is the devil, holds is fear. And that is the very thing that Jesus intends to destroy. Now, none of us should ever be ashamed of admitting that we battle against fear. Fighting fear is the same thing as fighting Satan. And there's nothing to be ashamed of in admitting that we're in a battle against the devil. But fear is a killer. It eats up all of our energy. It incapacitates us. It takes God out of the equation by making us believe that we're alone and there's no one to help us. It causes us to make stupid, irrational, and impulsive decisions, like buying three years' supply of toilet paper when there's no need to. And in the end, those decisions, and we can make light of that type of thing, but there are other decisions that people make in times like this which are very foolish and will do more damage than the original problem. So, we shouldn't be ashamed to admit that we experience fear, that's normal and natural, and unavoidable to be confronted by fear. And in some measure, fear is a self-defense mechanism. It signals that we should avoid danger and so on. We understand that. But often fear takes on a very sinister dimension. It blows up even small dangers to the point where we lose perspective and we become incapacitated. So when you feel you're sliding down that slope, whether it's at this particular point of crisis, which will pass, and we'll get through it, or whether it's some other point of crisis in your life in the future, when you feel yourself sliding down that slope, you always have a choice, which is to take your fears to God. You won't overcome them by your own willpower or declaring things, but you can take them to God and say, God, I am weak. I'm a fearful man, a fearful woman. I need you in my life. Would you please help me? And what this scripture verse in Hebrews 2 reveals is that all of the fears we face in our life are rooted and grounded in the one basic fear, which is the fear of death. At our most desperate and fearful moments, our heart cries out, what is going to happen to me? Am I going to be abandoned? But God answers that question for us in Isaiah 54 and verse 17. He says, no weapon that is fashioned against you will succeed. That is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And it's reinforced by the Apostle Paul in the eighth chapter of Romans. No, he says, in all these things that these Things that he's talking about are the sufferings of this present age and the very kind of things that come against us we're experiencing in these days. No, in all these things, in them, because in the midst of our fear, in the midst of our battle, God never promised that we'd be immune from any challenge or battle, but he says it's not a problem because in the midst of those things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure, Paul continues, that neither death, now notice that death comes first in that list, neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things, nor things, nor things, I should have the verse memorized anyway, present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation shall separate us from the love of God in Jesus Christ our Lord, and its perfect love which casts out fear, and nothing will separate us From that love. Now, God sent Jesus to die on our behalf. He sent Jesus to take our punishment on His shoulders in order that we should never be separated from Him again or from His love. Even physical death is nothing more than a doorway to eternal glory. Like that old Mennonite lady in Indiana a few years ago, I was told the story, she was in a coma. For several days, her family were gathered around singing hymns and expecting her to die at any moment. And then suddenly, the most unexpected thing happened. She opened her eyes. She lifted her hands toward uh, the ceiling of the room. She looked up as if she was seeing something, which she was, and she said, the gates are open. And with that sentence... Her hands fell back and she passed into the presence of her heavenly Father. Amazing, isn't it? And the more I told that story around, the more I heard the same story coming in different countries from different people. It was always the same thing. The gates are open. So even physical death is just a doorway to eternal glory. Not one saint who's ever died would ever want to return to this life. They're now joined in that amazing heavenly chorus of, uh, that's pictured in Revelation chapter 7 as the great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and people and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. Imagine being there. Well, you will be one day, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands and crying out with a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And Revelation and the Bible ends uh, with the the statement, every tear has been wiped from their eyes and there is no more mourning or crying or pain for the former things passed away and God has made all things new. So the battle that we fight and face every day, actually, against fear, it's already been won. We just need to remind ourselves of that every so often, don't we? The devil, because the battle has been won at the cross, death is defeated, and the power of death is removed, the devil has only one strategy left, and that is to persuade us that this is not so. Even though we know that God has won the battle, the devil tries to persuade us that somehow that victory is a theoretical reality or something that will apply in heaven when we die, but doesn't count here. And that's the lie. Because the battle has been won here. The battle over death and over fear has been won in this life. We don't need to have any fear of death. For even if we physically die. We will never actually die. The man of God that I knew once made a statement in a conference. He said, if you hear that I've died, don't believe it. I've only changed my place of residence. And so, not all fears uh, Ah, Let me just say this, that the first step in winning the battle against fear is to ask God to send your spirit into his hearts day after day after day. And when the Holy Spirit comes, he'll focus you on the fact that the battle is won and the fact that he's there to help you face and overcome fear And it isn't just all about us, because we have to overcome fear in order to be encouragement to those out there that don't know the Lord. And maybe this can be an opportunity for many to come to Christ. The fears that are bad, and there are, like I said, the fear of the Lord is a good thing. It's good to be afraid of, uh, it's good for our children to be afraid of not, running out into the road, into the middle of traffic, or talking to strangers, those are good fears. Uh, That's not a bad thing. But there are lots of bad fears, and those fears are planted in our lives not by God, but by the enemy. Now, I think there's an interesting difference between a positive fears that are placed by God, which is, you know, don't break the law. Uh, don't speed excessively. Uh, You know, don't go and and make all sorts of stupid financial decisions and so on. And for kids, you know, don't run out into the road in the face of traffic. Those are good fears. Uh, And then the rest of it is bad fears. What's going to happen to me? I'm going to die. This is going to happen. That is going to happen. I'm going to lose my health. I'm going to lose my marriage. I'm, you know, and then we go into a paralysis and, and we, we, we can't do a thing and we just uh, go down the tubes pretty quickly. But there's a difference between what I could call good fears, which are placed by God, and the rest of the fear, the bad fears that are placed in our hearts by the enemy. And the difference is this. That most godly fear is fear of something real. In other words, if we act foolishly and disobey God, certain things, will certainly, certain things will definitely happen that we don't want to happen. So it's a real danger. Proverbs says, the prudent sees danger and hides himself, but fools go on and suffer for it. But if you can follow what I'm saying, many of the fears, if not most of the fears, or all of the fears that are planted by the enemy are often perceived dangers rather than real dangers. Why is this so? Because the mandate of the enemy is to suggest that God will not look after us. So he whispers continually in our ears that we'll not be provided for, we'll become sick, We'll die, or we'll suffer relationship breakdown, we'll lose our job, all sorts of things that paralyze us. They're perceived dangers, and oftentimes they're not real dangers at all. How many people uh, become paralyzed by fear, and when you talk to them, you say, well, why would you be afraid of that? That's not rational. Do you understand what I'm saying? But it's, it may not be rational, but it's real to them, to them, right? Because they've allowed the perception. I mean, for instance, uh, to, to take another example, uh, I could have a perception that a good friend of mine, like, say, Doug, uh, had said something about me, negative, negative. And the perception could have arisen from the fact that I've just become paranoid about what people think of me or whatever, uh, or a false report or something. And the fact is that Doug never said anything like that. But my, so is it real? No, it's not real. He never said it. Is it real? Yes, it is real because it's affecting me. In my perception, it's real. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? And fear operates like that. So I become paralyzed because I'm fearful that I've lost Doug's friendship. It's absolute unreality. I believed a lie, but it has become real to me and has paralyzed me. And that's what fear does with people. It drives them to do foolish things. And so what we need to do when the fears are swirling around us is to go to God and say, God, just help me. I need the presence of your Spirit to give me peace in the midst of this storm. And then surround yourself by godly, faith-filled people. And then out of all of that, suddenly we realize that although we have evidence of fear all around us, the Word of God has not changed, that Jesus... Christ is called in the book of Revelation the Alpha and the Omega for a good reason. He is the first and the last and the Lord of everything in between. And the book of Revelation was written to a suffering persecuted church. Some of them didn't know whether they were going to die the next day or whatever. But it was written to them to say it's a greater reality that Jesus Christ is Lord over everything than anything that the state or the emperor can do against you because the fear of death has been destroyed, because death has been destroyed, and even when we die, which we all will, because death has a sooner or later a 100% mortality rate until the Lord returns and gives us new bodies, but that victory, once we've cleared out of the way that we will never actually die, then the sting of the rest of it becomes inconsequential. Is it possible that we'll face issues of finance or health or relationship or challenges or that we'll become sick? Of course it is because we live in a fallen world. There are fallen people all around us, but God promises to keep us in the midst of it all. We may get sick, but God is our healer. Finances may run short, but God is our provider. Uh, We may feel alone, but the Lord is our shepherd. We may lose a job, but God is our restorer. Think about the names of God even as we face death. He is the resurrection and the life. And whatever happens, the one thing you can count on is He will never abandon you. Just like that Mennonite lady in the hospital bed down at Goshen, the Lord came down for her and took her up. He never did leave her and He never will leave you. So the bottom line is this, your life and mine is not in the hands of people or of circumstances, it is in the hands of Almighty God. Who has said, I will never leave you or forsake you, and so we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper, I will not fear. If we fail to confront fear, it will take over. When it becomes a lifestyle, it morphs into anxiety a continuous attitude of expecting disaster to happen. To be free from anxiety about tomorrow means we need the Holy Spirit to meet us today. Every day has enough problems of its own, Jesus said. Just look at me and don't worry about the rest. And faith is the gift of the Holy Spirit. What is faith? Above everything else, faith is just the confidence that God will act in your behalf and he will. You can't think yourself into faith. You can't feel yourself into faith. You just need to ask for it, and it comes as a free gift. Faith gives you peace in your heart that God is there for you. He's there today. He's there tomorrow, whatever the news brings. He's still there the day after tomorrow, and the day after that, and the day after the crisis has passed, he's still there. It cures us of fear by filling the vacuum that fear lives in. It's a real battle, and there's no shame to asking others to stand with us, but let's remember that Jesus won the battle at the cross, and he just wants to apply it in your life and mine today. Now back, and I'll close with this, when we started off in November on our journey uh, from Ontario to Michigan... Everything was fine. Uh, it was a cold day, but the skies were bright blue in Stratford. But About 45 minutes into our journey, there were a few clouds that appeared. Then some snowflakes, and pretty soon you really couldn't see where you were going. And we found ourselves behind a big truck and hung in for the duration. And a half an hour or so later, the skies cleared, The sun came out and there wasn't even a flake of snow on the ground at the other end. And that's how it goes if you live in the snow belt. Now I wasn't too bothered because I checked the radar in advance. I'm not sure whether I said anything to my wife about it. (laughs) Uh, I may have had a moment of forgetfulness. But I had checked the radar in advance and what I could see on the radar was that there was that there was what we call a streamer coming in off the lake right at that point, and I knew more or less where it would start, and I knew more or less where it would end. And life is a lot like that. Things start off just fine, but then a cloud appears on the horizon, and pretty soon it develops into a storm, and sometimes a big one. And uh, we've all been in a few of those. Uh, When you're in the middle of it, You don't know when it's going to end and how you're going to get out of it. But folks, that's when you need to look at the radar. The radar tells us that Jesus is Lord over everything. The radar tells us that Jesus has conquered fear because he has destroyed the creator of fear. Tribulation will come, we'll be in a battle, but we have the promise that nothing will separate us from the love of God in Jesus Christ our Lord. And that perfect love casts out fear. So the good thing is that if we know tribulation is coming, we also know it's ending. Like a streamer coming off the lake, it won't last forever. And we know that because we've consulted the radar. And the radar has shown us that God is in charge of it all. So when a streamer comes off the lake and hits you personally, or the whole world around you, be assured that you'll come through the other end of it. I wrote those words a while ago, the whole world around you, long before this all came up. when a streamer comes off the lake and hits you personally or the whole world around you, be assured that you will come through the other end of it just like we did. And if you are a believer, you will get to your destination. God guarantees it. If you doubt me, read the end of the book. Let's stand together. Now, Lord Jesus, we are gathered together in an unusual way this morning, but it reminds us that we have a unity in the Spirit, whether we are physically together in one place or not. And all those Christians that are listening in this morning from other areas, other countries even, we are joined together, and there is no place in the face of this earth where Jesus is not Lord. And we thank you, Lord, that you are working out your purposes. Father, we know this world deserves judgment for a whole slew of reasons. Uh, But we pray, please have mercy. Please have mercy on this fallen world so that many more can be saved before the day of judgment comes. And strengthen our hearts, Lord, as Christians, to be those who calm the waters who can reassure worried and fearful people, who can serve and help people who can't help themselves. Lord, somehow in the midst of this, let this time be like that plague of the first or second century where Christianity grew because the lost looked at how the Christians responded. And help us, Lord, to be your servants. In this world, for which you sent your son to die, and over which he is Lord. Amen. God bless you all.